Therefore, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. I love you. Exciting time uh, for our church, also exciting time for our family. Hunter and Brooke had their baby this past week. We're excited for them. Yeah, so Candace, I'm sorry, Cadence Elaine has entered the world at nine pounds and 10 ounces, and uh, they're all doing very well. Brooke's doing well, and Cadence is doing well, and Hunter's faring pretty well too. So we're grateful for them. Uh, Hunter's home, and they're all home this morning, so. Uh, yeah, what a season of harvest. And I, just to be honest, as I told you last week, I had fully intended to end this series last week. I tried ending it a month ago. And the Lord said, Mm-mm, we're not through yet. So here's the deal. Yeah, exactly. But you know me, I like to plan ahead. And I have my plans. But we have our plans, but the Lord orders our steps, right? And so I tried. I really tried. I thought last week with the communion, okay, we're done. Let's move on. I mean, there's a whole other banner out front. We passed out cards at the parade, new series coming up. You saw it on Facebook, Instagram. It was all out there, new series coming up. I got into last Sunday night after the full day. I'm usually thinking ahead, you know, on to the next series, next, or next message at least. Last Sunday night, it was like I was staring off into the Grand Canyon. There was absolutely nothing. And I'm praying, God, I thought we were starting a new series. And there was just silence. And I'm, I'm stressing. I'm into Monday the whole day, and I'm like, God, what in the world? I can't even get my mind going. I can't, I got nothing. When I look out ahead for what this next message is supposed to be, there is nothing. What in the world? I mean, I'm like questioning my own salvation at this point, you know? Like, what's going on here? Nothing. Go to bed Monday night, get up Tuesday morning. Surely this is going to be a better day. I'm going to get some direction. We're going to move ahead. I knew I had an appointment that morning with someone. I had no clue what it was even about. But as I sat down with this person, it began to be very clear what the appointment was about and what this message would be. And God said, we are not through with this. So this morning, you're gonna hear what happened in that conversation and how God instantly opened the door and said, here's what you're doing for this Sunday and for the next five Sundays. So, okay, God, let's go. And it was just 
it's kind of a sidebar to the really what we're, where we're headed today. But when I, was, when I was trying to do my own thing, I got silence from heaven. When I said, God, I'll do whatever you want to do, it opened up. And all of a sudden, the path just became very clear what was supposed to happen next. And that's just kind of a life following Jesus principle that I struggled with this week <laughs> for two days, right? So the appointment was with one of our members. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you because she's about to come on stage in just a moment and tell you. We're going to kind of replay what happened this week. Her name is Teresa Brindley. I've known Teresa for a pretty good while. Um, her and her husband, Terry, have been here. I knew them from even the previous church I was in. Knew somewhat of her story. In fact, she's told part of her story here a little bit. But Teresa has had multiple sclerosis for decades. And she sat down and we exchanged kind of pleasantries back and forth and we talked about some of the fun little things they've got in their house that they call pets. If you know, what I'm, if you know them, you know what I'm talking about, snakes and lizards and all this kind of stuff. I don't call those pets, but they do and it's awesome. After we got past all of that, she asked a question that I had had in the back of my mind related to this series. Because in this series, we've talked about how Jesus has come to set us free. And we have talked about truth and how to respond to Jesus, that he's come to set us free spiritually, emotionally, mentally, relationally, even physically. And as we walk through all that, we've all heard stories. I mean, people have sat on this stage and said, here's where I trusted God and here's what he did in my life. And they've been amazing stories. I mean, people have had... Uh, they've been set free from addictions just, just within the last few months. People have been set free from some mental, emotional block that they had. People have been set free in some relationships. These aren't old stories. These are fresh, current stories, new things that God is doing. And we've even heard stories of people who have been physically healed, not because we had some, you know, fantastic moment here and I blew on them or waved my coat over them. That's not what happened. We presented truth and they believed what God said in his word and they repented and they trusted him and God changed them outwardly because he first changed them inwardly, right? And that all happened here. And so I've thought through people that have been healed and I thought, what about the people in the room who haven't been healed? What about the ones who have developed some ailment and they've trusted God and they've prayed, they've read the Bible, they've applied it to their life and they still have the ailment? What about them? So when I sat down with Teresa, she pulled out a little notebook and she said, I've really been thinking about this series. And she said, I started writing some notes. And she opened the book, and there weren't a lot of notes on the page. There was one line at the top, and it said, why do I still have MS? 
she had no clue what I had been struggling through. She had no clue that that had been in the back of my mind. But here was God putting all that together in this one moment. And she was asking the question, why am I still unhealed? I thought, okay, God, thank you for meeting me, her, and all of us in this moment. Because that's an important question to ask in this day, right? It's an essential question that we ask. We shouldn't be afraid of that. We should, we should know that God welcomes the question. And he's ready to respond. And it's right to approach even a physical issue with a spiritual question. In the book of James, it says, is anyone sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray for them. Not because the elders of the church have some greater power than the person. That's not the point. It's not because the elders of the church are physicians and psychiatrists. That's not the point. The point is, we should always see what God is wanting to say to us first in whatever the issue is we're walking through, even if it's a physical ailment. God, how do I discern what's happening in this moment? And that's what she was asking. How do I discern what God is saying to me when I still have this condition, this ailment, and I've had it for a long time? So, I'm going to invite Teresa up to the stage. We're going to put some stools up here, and we're going to talk for just a little bit. Y'all give Teresa a hand this morning. It, uh, it always takes courage to step on stage. It takes courage to be vulnerable, to tell your story, and to be willing to uh, let everybody else hear that story. Yeah, have a seat right there, right there. Perfect. So... You good? I'm good. All right. Good. Um, tell everybody a little bit about your family to start with, just so we can kind of all get grounded here as to who you are and uh, everybody know who you're connected with. Hey, okay. um, my name is Teresa Brindley. I'm married to Terry Brindley. Um, I have a daughter. She's out there somewhere, Veronica. Yeah, she weighs. <laughs> yeah. And um, we've been married for 11 years. This is my second marriage. And um, this is my, he is my... Um, are we good with mics? No? We're One out. Mic. Oh, there it is. We're back in. Hold it. Hold it. Yeah. Gotta okay, hold it up right against there. my face. You can't <sighs> see me, but I can talk. You're good. Okay. Um, we've been married for 11 years now, and um, he is my soulmate. And, um, sorry, I keep saying, and. Um, Let me ask a question. Okay, please. You were please diagnosed do. with um, MS when, and then what symptoms are you still dealing with? I was diagnosed with MS in April of 1988. The symptom that took me to that diagnosis was something called um, optic neuritis. I had lost vision in one eye, mm. but it does come back. So, um, but it took a while. MS is a really, really hard disease to uh, diagnose, and it took, took them a while to diagnose it. So once they diagnosed it, mm -hmm. um, I went on with, at first, I ignored it. Yeah. I was young. I thought, this is fine, whatever. You're in I'm, your 20s. Yeah, I was in my 20s, and I just, I ignored it. I just went and did my thing, and probably 
a little bit of too much of a thing. Okay. <clears throat> so when she asks the question, so why do I still have MS? What's going on here in my life? Why, why am I not healed? I'm praying in this moment, God, give me direction, wisdom for this moment. And I started thinking back through all that we've talked through, all that we've learned here on Sunday mornings. And I thought, I'm not a physician. I can't tell you about your physical condition. My role as a pastor is spiritual. So I thought, I'm going to ask her some questions to help, if you will, diagnose if there's anything spiritual that needs to be dealt with here in her life that she can walk through. Not for me to do, but for her. Now, I have known Teresa, and I've known some of her life. I've known what she has walked through. She's been honest about that. Uh, it's not something she's proud of. And so we talk through this. Now, we're going to take, you know, what was about an hour, hour and a half conversation that day, and I'm going to condense it down for us here. And she's, she's agreed for us to all be a part of this this morning. But I had known that Teresa hadn't always walked with the Lord and had not always walked, certainly, even in righteousness, we'll say. I'm going to use some coded language here forward that every adult in the room will understand. When, she, when Teresa was married to her first husband, um, her and her husband both were immoral with other couples. And that went on for a while. She's not proud of that, obviously. And I had known that. I'd known some other things that she has shared about her life. And so I know that anybody's sins can produce guilt. They're, that's what should happen. There should be some guilt that causes us to repent and turn to the Lord. But I've also known that Teresa has turned to the Lord. She has repented of her sin. She's been baptized. She trusts in him. So I wanted to know, Teresa, with what you've walked through, how are you doing today with dealing with the guilt of your past sins? Because if you're still carrying guilt from your past sins, if you're still replaying the tapes, if you're still beating yourself up, if you're still punishing yourself, hating yourself, that can lead to some issues emotionally, mentally, and even physically. So I ask her, Teresa, how are you dealing with the guilt of your past? Do you carry any of that? And I listed some of the ways that that might happen. And your response was? No, I've been forgiven of it all. It's gone, it's washed away. It doesn't bother me. Um, there's no little hole that I think is nothing not fixed it's all fixed it's all been gone I don't it, I yeah. mean it's even starting to start to fade the the details that I've given before like they're they're just all out there they're just gone so you don't replay the tapes in your mind never. and have the guilt and nope. shame and mm -mm. condemnation mm -mm. rejection nope. none never. of that is never. there mm -mm. never I mean I've asked forgiveness from the kids they all forgave me you know we've gone on it's just it's just it's not there anymore it's just okay. not there so then uh, I'd also done a little bit about her past as, as growing up. And I know that, and the family that she grew up in, she didn't always receive the kind of affirmation, even from a stepfather, that she needed as a young woman. Yes. 
and he, in fact, said some hurtful things, some very hurtful things to her that had affected her. And so I knew she had struggled with some ability to truly see herself as lovable and lovely. So we talked through that some. And then I asked her, Teresa, how are you doing with any of those feelings of feeling unloved and unlovable? Has, where has Christ met you in that? He has met me fully in that. Um, that's all gone too. I mean, I did have hurtful things said to me and um, it doesn't affect me now. I mean, I see now that the inside, I have been healed spiritually, mm. totally and mentally, everything. The only thing still there is the physical. Okay, so she understood that she's loved by Christ, accepted by Christ. We walked through all of this. I thought, okay, then I'm gonna ask another set of questions. These about the people in her life and what they had done to her. So we kinda, we've covered now what she had done and what she had believed earlier about who she was. But now, what about the people in your life that had hurt you? What about the ones who said hurtful things, had done hurtful things to you, that um, you had been the victim of their cruelty, their words, their harshness? I said, how, how, how are you doing at forgiving them? Because this is another factor, as we've seen in this series, um, that we're to forgive, because if we do not, a root of bitterness can go down and then it can spring up in our life and affect every part of who we are, mentally, emotionally, relationally, and even physically. So I said, Teresa, do you deal with any resentment, bitterness, replaying what people have done to you? Do you have thoughts of, I want to get them back, I want them to pay, I want them, I want to get revenge on them? How are you doing at forgiving others who have hurt you? And your response was? I forgave them all. It's, it's gone. I mean, I felt that. I, I did feel the resentment and the anger. But I opened up and I said, and I forgave them. And when I forgave them, I loved them. I love my parents. I, I love everything about them. You know, once that forgiveness was real and full in my heart, mm -hmm. it was gone. I, I don't replay any of it. So first husband... Father, uh, I forgave them all. Stepfather. I forgave them all. They're all forgiven. They're just, you know, I love all of them and I want them all. I pray that they all are going to be with me in heaven because I don't know. Mm -hmm. Really, I don't. I mean, right. it's, I think, I think my ex-husband will be. I, I think he will be, but others I'm not sure about. Okay. But I just. Again, I'm condensing down a much longer conversation. We want much more in depth of these things, but I'm thinking at this point, okay, well, She's clear in her conscience. She's received forgiveness. She's clear in understanding who she is, that she's loved. She's clear in forgiving others. So I'm thinking, okay, well, those are the three issues that usually keep a person in a place of what we've called dis-ease in all of our areas of life. So I would conclude then that she's not having MS today as something that God says, until you deal with this thing, you're going to be ill. That's not what's happening here at all. So we begin to talk about how God will sometimes even allow ailments in our life to produce a greater spiritual good. 
He will sometimes let weakness and frailty into our life to produce a greater inward work. And we started talking about in the New Testament, we have an example of that, the Apostle Paul. He was a man who had not, he didn't have outstanding sin. He didn't have bitterness against anyone that we are aware of. And he, he was walking in full confidence of who he was in Christ. But the Bible's clear because Paul wrote it himself in this one passage. He said, I experienced an ailment, a frailty, an infirmity. And here's what it says in 2 Corinthians. Teresa's just going to sit here for just a minute while we talk about this passage because this is what we did. 2 Corinthians 12, Paul writes this. He says in verse 7, And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me. Now hold on. Paul was a man who walked with the Lord. Paul was a man who had received some pretty amazing revelations from God. In fact, he had just described about how he had seen some things that he was blown away by. And you get this idea that it was something that no one else had seen, no one else had known. God showed Paul this. And Paul says, I, in that moment, could have gotten arrogant about what I had seen. Paul had come from a past of arrogance. So Paul said, so that I wouldn't be or I wouldn't exalt myself. I was given a thorn in the flesh. Now, this doesn't mean he worked with roses and out one day he got a thorn in the flesh. It's not the point. Paul was using it as a picture of saying, I had an ailment that came into my life. He said, and God used it as a way of protecting me from a path that I would have normally had been on. I would have become arrogant about what happened, but God allowed this ailment to come into my life to protect me from something greater that could have more greatly damaged me. And he goes on in verse 8 and he says this, it was a messenger of Satan to buffet me. This is how you know it was something bad. He said, this was like Satan himself had sent it. There's a lot of speculation about what it was. It's kind of irrelevant as to what it was because it was painful, it was difficult. He's, and he said it a second time, lest I be exalted above measure, lest arrogance come into my life, lest I become self-sufficient um, in myself, lest I think I'm all that. God used an ailment to protect him from a path of destruction. Now he goes on in verse 8 and says, Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. Again, this is how you know it was something significant because here's Paul, a man of faith, and he prays three times, he says. He has this passionate prayer and says, God, please, please let this depart from me. Take it away from me. May it be gone from me. And I have to believe, again, that Paul is a man who trusts God, who's vulnerable and honest before God. He hears God speak, and he's asking three times that it might depart, and he's getting nothing in return. There's no answer. But then God speaks. He says this, and he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. 
In other words, I'm not going to remove the ailment, but instead, in this moment, you are going to come to a greater understanding of the power of my favor and love, acceptance, and purpose for your life. That is going to become more important and greater. And I'm going to use this thorn in the flesh to help you with that. Now that is a different approach than what we have really talked about in this series. We've talked about people being free to the point that they find relief and healing. But here is Paul saying, that's not going to happen. God is going to allow the thorn to remain so that God can do a greater work inside. Interesting. The outward ailment's going to con- continue so that the inward change can happen. So, back to our conversation. This is, we talked through this, we looked at this, and then God began to speak into the moment that Teresa and I were talking. And Teresa started talking about what God was saying to her. And I quickly grabbed my phone and just started taking notes. I was just listening to what God was saying through her in this moment. So, Teresa, tell everybody what God was showing you about having MS because it just parallels what we've just seen in Paul in this idea of protecting and directing his life. Okay. My MS, at first I thought it was a a curse. And um, the more I came the more I became closer to God and I released all that, I started seeing that um, I can use it to talk to people and, and show them my faith and how I get along. You know, I may not walk right. I may, you know, sometimes I may, sometimes I need a wheelchair, but I still smile and I still let people know the inner me, that the spiritual me that I have because of it. And it's okay. It's okay. I'm not healed because I, it came in my life in a really, in a, a crux that could ha- I could have gone, I was going down a, a wrong path. Yeah. And I praise the Lord, this stopped that wrong path. And now it sent me down a good path. And I'm, I'm just, yeah. I was just overcome with, you know. She explained to me that when she was diagnosed, she was in the midst of that lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And getting MS altered the path and took her out of what would have been an even greater destruction, the lifestyle that she was in. She was the one who said to me, God used the MS to rescue me from destruction that was coming if I had stayed in that path. And that's the first time I said that. I, up until the moment we met, we talked, it had not occurred to me. And then it was at that time I went, wow, this is, this is, this, this is my salvation. This, this is my, this is your rescue. This is my rescue. He rescued me. Even though I can't walk very well, I, I love it. I'm happy with it. I'm, I'm happy I have MS. I mean, who says that? (laughs) Right? (laughs) You also described how Veronica, your daughter, had been living with the first husband. Yes, yes. 
And you being diagnosed and him finding out is what caused him to say, I'm going to put Veronica on a plane and she's going to be the one to come live with you. That's how you get Veronica into your life. I was, I was having a serious, serious exacerbation. I was, I couldn't do anything. And I called Chuck and I, you know, I was, we still talked at the time and he says, I'll put Veronica on a plane. He put her on the plane and she never left. She stayed at my house. I mean, she just, now my daughter lives with me and I feel like that's the path that she should have been in, you know, because she's not with her dad. So God used it to rescue her from a lifestyle. God used it to bring her daughter back to her. But God has used this also, as you have said, to create in you a greater dependence on him. Amazing. Amazing. I'm sure there's been lots of times you have prayed in tears. Yes. Asking God, seeking God, that from what you've explained to me, you would not have done in your natural state no. if this wouldn't have been the direction God had for your life. I am humbled. I am very humbled. This keeps me humble. It reminds me that, you know, there's more to life and um, there's more to the, the, the flesh is not the issue anymore. It's, yeah. it's spiritual and always is spiritual. So as we're sitting together, this is Tuesday, where I'm just in awe of what God is doing here in this moment. And Especially since you heard my past life. Exactly. <laughs> and this is not how the whole thing started. Tuesday morning, but this is the direction it was going. And so she starts getting just fired up and she's, she's even saying more stuff that I'm like, what in the world? And I'm just, I'm text, I'm writing all this stuff down as fast as I can because- I was just as blown away too. It's like, yeah. wow, where's this coming from? So talk about some of those other things. You may start making some bold statements about MS. I mean, you've said it here just a little bit already, but you start talking more. Do you remember some of those things that you said specifically? Um, I don't remember. I know I said that this, you know, my thorn, this is my thorn. This yeah. is my thorn. And it's, um, it's helped me to help other people with MS. It, yeah. I seek out people. And, yeah. you know, so. So here's, I wrote it down because I was, this thank is the you. moment. Thank you, I'm glad you wrote it down because I don't have it in my head. <laughs> this is the moment here is when we were talking about the miracles that had happened and she said, wait a minute, I get it. She said, my miracle is that I was not healed of yes. MS. That's my miracle. My miracle is that God has used this to draw me closer, rescue me from my sin, bring my daughter to me, bring Terry to me, bring me to this place where I trust him more than I ever have in my life. This is my miracle that I am not healed. That's exactly what I said. <laughs> I, I say it all the time. I said, this is my miracle. I tell Terry, this is my miracle. I told him my miracle. It's like, wow. That's crazy talk in this world today. Hello? Yeah. That can be crazy talk even in Christian circles sometimes. This is my miracle that I'm not healed. I'm okay with where I am because I have sought the Lord. I have forgiveness of my sins. I know he loves me. I have forgiven the people in my past who have hurt me and I'm walking in close fellowship with him Therefore, I'm going to even rejoice in the frailty and the ailment that I'm walking in because he is using it for his glory in my life. Yes, he is. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, let's do this. 
Let's finish up Paul's words here and see if you don't see the sync here, the, the coordination of what God is saying here. So here's what Paul says next in verse 10. Or verse 10. <laughs> yeah. Paul says, therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distress, and in MS for Christ's sake. Paul reached that place where he said, I'm not going to walk in guilt and shame and condemnation that I have this ailment. I'm actually going to take pleasure in it. He goes on. He says this. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I might be outwardly weak, but man, am I spiritually strong on the inside. I might be going through a time of just desperation and need and crying out to him because of the pain, because of the weakness, but man, on the inside, I'm on this uphill climb and journey to a place that I've never been before. And it's actually because of the pain I've walked through. And the inside is what's important. Amen. I just, I feel it. It's the inside. Yeah. It really is. It's, it's what God is doing in our spirit that's far more important than what's happening on the outward. This body, this is flesh. This goes away. This is under the curse. My spirit, not, not a chance. Redeemed in Jesus Christ, not under the curse anymore. I am walking forward by faith. He's growing me. I am not what I used to be, and I am not what my flesh tells me. I am not my pain. I am not my agony. I am not my ailment. I am not my appetite. I am not my urge. I am redeemed by Jesus Christ and a new person within. Amen? Amen. 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 That's true. It's true. So, I'll ask you the question. Has Teresa been set free? Yes. Yes. Is she still waiting for being set free physically? Yes. Yes. Will that come one day in heaven? Might it happen here on earth? Maybe. If it does, fine. If it doesn't, fine. We can take glory in our infirmities. Wow. It's true. That's when true. I first met when I first met them, she was in a wheelchair. So what you're seeing today is is a much freer version, physically yes. even. Yes. But that's kind of irrelevant. I mean it's great if physical changes happen. But that's not the point. Amen? So let's not be ashamed. Let's not be condemned. Let's not be afraid. If you are right with the Lord and you've kind of walked through your own spiritual and released, found release in the Lord and your healing hasn't come yet, you look at what he's doing on the inside. There are some people, even in the Bible, who carried their infirmity with them all the way to the grave. It did not make them any less of a person. In fact, it was out of their weakness that greater strength was seen. 
Amen. Are you grateful for Teresa sharing her story this morning? It's powerful. Amen. 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 So I want to pray, and then we have a, um, Caleb and Alexa have a song that will help us kind of process through all of this and make application, because my guess is Teresa's not the only person in the room with something that's not yet healed. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your grace that is not only greater than our sin, it's greater than our weakness. And in fact, you will sometimes even allow weakness in our life so that your grace can be seen more for what it is, the glory, the beauty of it. I thank you for Teresa, her vulnerability, her honesty, and her willingness to receive your grace, even in a very difficult spot. I thank you for how you are showing your glory through her and through others here in our congregation that set free is not always what you see on the outside. It is what you are doing on the inside. And for that, we are grateful. In Jesus' name, amen.